I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to In the Red with me, Anthony Hart, and you, whoever you are, wherever you are, you're a part of this. Excited to have you here, snuggled right here in the middle of this holiday season, post-Thanksgiving, pre-Christmas, all the things, uh, wherever you're at right now. Raise your hand if you're busy. Now, that's a word we don't like to use, especially uh, many in the entrepreneurial area. We don't like to use that busy. Um, Another word can be intentional, but call it what you will. But we can find ourselves in that space. So I want this to be just a moment in time where you stop, take a pause. Maybe you're in the car, um, in your home, in the middle of a workout, whatever it is. Let's just pause and be in this place of rest for a minute. Before we get to that, there is some work we all have to do, right? There's a price to pay. I want to challenge you to be a part of In the Red and what we're doing and connect with it. First, follow. I know that's simple. You just click a little button that says follow. But there are algorithms out there that connect us to other listeners, to people who are looking um, for this content, looking to be helped in some ways to to see life in a different perspective. The second thing is download. And I know you don't have to download. You could just listen to it via your cellular data and everything is good. But once again, the algorithms matter. And the last is review. Take the time and leave some words about this podcast. Let somebody know what it means to you. It won't take long. I know we said we were going to rest and pause and now I've put you right back to work. But this is how you can be a part of this. And we want to do this together. We want this to be an ongoing conversation between uh, myself, you and others in 2024. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to begin to bring more voices in in interviews and discussions to help you gather some more perspective. God has done an amazing job of connecting me with people who are different than me, who don't, as you hear me say often, don't look like me, act like me, sound like me. And that's the place of growth. That's when I find myself at the table with someone like that, I realize I'm being expanded, which is a beautiful place. I'm not done growing. I've not arrived. And I hope I never get to that place in my mind because I know that I will never get to that place. And it's funny, you may not hear many pastors say that, but I think that's the key to this journey is for all of us to continue searching, continue walking, continue moving. If you're not growing, you're dying. And a lot of Christians arrive at that place. I think there's so many people today who stop growing because they stop looking. And that's such a limiting place. I want to be in constant search mode. I want to be in constant growing. I want this God that I believe in to begin to get bigger and bigger to me every day. That's faith, right? We don't ever want to arrive at a small piece of faith and say, well, I have just enough faith. 
We take that scripture, the faith, the size of a mustard seed, and we think, okay, that's all I need. But that's not what he said. He said that amount of faith can do something big. But as your faith grows, so does the things that your faith can do. So that's the challenge today. But that's not where we're at. I want to talk about something that there's some, always scripture in the Bible. If you really get into it, you dive into it, it can um, present a different view of what we do, especially for us as Christians. Well, I was on a call yesterday and a young man who's on that call has very powerful business mindset. He's done business a long time, but he said God really challenged him in this season to say it's not about the business. It's about the people. And um, in church and Christian walks with a lot of people, I don't think we take enough focus about people or we take focus on a limited or select group of people uh, in the church. If they're a part of your church, if they're a part of your denominational belief, if they're a part of your intimate family, village, whatever you want to call it then we value those people to a crazy level. We want to do everything we can. Churches really focus in on taking care of those people. And But in that place, we can become so limited because we don't see the value of people outside of that. First, I, I don't know why, but Christians are the worst at this. This happens in other religions too, but it's amazing how we don't value all Christians. We only value our Christians, denominational, whatever it is. And we don't really see the value of everyone who worships Christ, who believes that he's our savior sent to die for us. And it really, I believe, limits our um, reach, our impact on this earth, because we tell people that there's a savior who loves you, values you, died for you. Yet we treat our brothers and sisters because they don't necessarily believe this thing or that thing the same way we do. Um, with little value, which is hard to believe. Like then Jesus only died for a certain part of us, right? If, if you don't value those people and, and that means then Jesus didn't value them either, right? Because you're the hands and the feet, you know, people throw this back in our face is, but what is that? So I want to use some scripture today. Cause I think this is a people um, mission. We are called to people. We are called to love people. And this is a hard part because then, how, well, how do you love people who are doing things wrong? If I don't tell you you're wrong and tell you you're going to hell, then I don't love you. I don't think that's true. I, because later in scripture, it talks about uh, the Holy Spirit comes and will lead us into all truth. It says there will be people who won't receive the word because they don't know Jesus. He, he talks about not throwing pearls to swine. And this is not a conversation or podcast where I'm out calling people swine and all that. What Jesus is really saying is don't throw something valuable to somebody who doesn't understand the value of it. It's not a, you're a pig. So please don't run away from this podcast because you think I'm calling everybody who doesn't believe like I do pigs or I'm yelling at you sinner. You're going to hell. That's not this kind of podcast. I, I really want to be in a place where I speak love and value over everybody. Cause I believe in that place it's where there's a desire created to go check this Jesus guy out because I believe Jesus is the answer. And I believe he brings value in places of hurt and brokenness. I believe he gives grace, which is uh, love that's not deserved, love that's not um, bought, that you can't do enough to, 
to earn it. He gives that out to us. Why? Because when we receive it, when you receive a gift you didn't deserve uh, from a person you didn't think who would give it to you, suddenly you begin to look in the mirror and say, wow, this person sees value in me. So everything Jesus did was a people thing. He came to die for people who didn't know him, people who would spit in his face, people who actually hung him on the cross. So somewhere in Christianity, we've gotten away from that. And we made this only about people who would listen to what we talk about, people who would turn from their ways and, and become a Christian. We've made this a country club. We've isolated our message or we've weaponized our message. And we love to stand out in places of people uh, of misunderstanding or don't understand or don't know him. And we want to yell at them that if you don't turn from your ways, he's rejecting you. You're kicked to the curb. You're going to hell. Why? Because we want to scare people into hell or scare people into heaven. Excuse me. Scare people into relationship. Jesus never did this. Like if he really wanted to do that, go back and look at the conversation he had with the rich young ruler. He would have said, uh, turn away from your money and your titles and you better go with me or you're going to hell. No, nope. he just said, leave this behind and come follow me. And he didn't. And he walked away because he couldn't lay that stuff down. And it says he walked away grieved, not Jesus. Jesus continued on with his thing. There was an invitation, but the invitation was not accepted. And it didn't change Jesus's path. It didn't change that he was going to die for that rich young ruler. Think about that. Like this happened before he died, before he went to the cross, but he still went to the cross for that rich young ruler. Even though he turned that decision down right then, turned the invitation down right then, it doesn't mean that that opportunity, opportunity still did not exist. We don't know what happened to that young man. But what Jesus was really doing was taking him back to the commandments that he said he followed. And the first commandment is thou shalt have no other gods before me. First commandment that God gave to Moses and the children of Israel. And Jesus came to exemplify these. And this rich young ruler comes to him and says, I do all the commandments, but what can I do? Uh, what else do I need to do? And Jesus said, leave your money and your titles behind. He wasn't giving him an 11th commandment. He was actually taking him back to the very first one. He was challenging what he'd said he did. He was challenging his way of life. He's saying, I know you think you're doing what you're supposed to. I know you've checked the boxes in the eyes of everybody else. However, in the eyes of God, which is where I'm standing right now, you haven't even gotten past the first commandment, which says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You've become your own God. Your titles have become your own God. Your money has become your own God. How do I know that? Because the moment I asked you to leave them behind, the moment I asked you to walk away from them, you demonstrate where the authority and control in your life is, which is what God is. So there's a moment here where we see this rich young ruler who's challenged by a scripture I want to share with you today in first area, in, uh, excuse me, in Proverbs. I'm going to read Proverbs 3, 1 through uh, 4. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. See, this is the key to everything. God wants to challenge your heart. Our heart is driven in, in, in so many different ways. Our heart is fractured in a lot of circumstances. So the things we love, the things we chase are in a pursuit to find something that it will never give us. If you're looking for this love that God wants to give you in pursuit of a spouse, I don't care if it's uh, man, woman, whatever, if that's where you think you're going to find this, you'll never find it. 
And I see this a lot of times where um, people don't even understand their value in the eyes of God. So they're willing to sacrifice the true pursuit of their value and just be willing to settle for the value that somebody else assigns them. Someone looks at them, smiles, gives them attention. So now they run to them because that gives them a warm feeling of connection. But there's so much issues that occur because uh, the love is not really centered around value. It's centered around what value they give you or what value they see in you. But I'm here to tell you today, you'll never have the value that God sees in you. Your creator who created you with value has for you, period. Now, if that's not the message you've received and people and Christians especially have said, um, until you change your ways, you're not valuable. That's a lie. You were created with value. Now, I will say this, you have to continue to walk towards him because as you get closer to him, as his light shines in your life, as you begin to realize, I need to quit doing this. I need to lay this down. I need to, whatever it is, maybe it's good things, money and titles that you've earned and gone through. And But whatever God's in your life, whatever control and authority has in your life, whatever things have limited you to a place of brokenness, whatever those things are, as he reveals them to you, he will invite you out of it. And as you continue to walk closer to him, it's valuable. He's going to love you to a level that no one else ever can. And until, as he said, love the Lord your God with all your uh, heart, soul, and mind, until you do that, then you can't love your neighbor, his second commandment, as you love yourself. You don't really love yourself, so you let your neighbors love you to the extent uh, that they see in you or you don't see in you. And you settle so many times. But I want to continue in this passage. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you. So it's not just about the moment. It's not just about the feel good. It's not about um, the the sensation. And you can talk about this a lot of directions. Uh, sex. It's not about that. This God is promising something bigger than that. He's promising you days and years of life, and peace that will add to you. See, we get lost in chasing the moment, chasing the emotion, chasing the feel good. But he's trying to tap us into something bigger. All these other things, sure, I'm a married man. I enjoy having sex. But if my pursuit in my marriage is constantly sex, guess what? As we get older, uh, things change. We're not the young, crazy kids where if you have kids and a life and a family and all things, things change. Suddenly the amount of sex or uh, the quality of sex shifts and changes over life. So if your marriage was built on sex, guess what? You're headed for a one-way uh, disaster because that foundation is not going to look the same 30, 40 years down the road. Medical issues occur, whatever it may be that affects our libido, all the things. So if that's our pursuit, then guess what? A lot of people where their love was built on sex and how good it was at an early age, there's not peace in that moment once the sex starts to waver or shift or change. You can't do it whenever you want to, or you don't want to do it whenever you used to, whatever it is. But this is a declaration that not only you have length of day and years of life, but you'll have peace in those moments. And why is that from? from letting your heart, your heart, keep my commandments. But here's the part I want to get to. It says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. These are the two things he's trying to get into us, is steadfast love for him, 
because the moment we love him with that steadfast love, we realize the steadfast love he has for us. And then we go give and demonstrate that steadfast love to those around us. Why? Because we know that we're loved to a level that we can't ever um, use up. So then we give it out because we want them to understand not our love for them, but his love for me and his love for them. And faithfulness. Faithfulness. This is an area we struggle in. What does faithfulness look like? See, it's the consistency of what we're doing. Too many Christians are faithful in going to church, are faithful in their amount of time they read the Bible, are faithful in their prayer time. Well, I'm, they're faithful in their time. That's the thing. The time they give to church, the time they give to prayer, the time they give to reading the Bible. But the focus is not what you're getting in that time of being in church, being in prayer and Bible. It's just the time. They're faithful in the time. What do you say? If you're faithful in the time, I'll give you peace. No, he said, be faithful in your heart and keeping my commandments. I'll give you days, years and peace. So a lot of times in our church life, a lot of Christians check the boxes, which goes right back to the rich and ruler. I go to church. I read my Bible. I pray then why don't you have peace in your life? Why do you struggle consistently with the same things over and over? Because realistically, you're you're faithful to your time. You're faithful to a block in the day. You're faithful to opening your Bible and reading some words. But if you're not reading with the intent of growing and learning and you're just reading to read, you might as well put it down because you're being faithful to the wrong thing. When you're faithful to your clock, it's not going to help you. If you go to church every Sunday and you consistently struggle in the same places, first off, you need to find out why you're going to church. Are you really receiving the same things that you're or receiving the things you're supposed to? Or are you receiving the validation from the people around you that say, oh, I always see her in the church. I always see him in church every Sunday. God bless him. But they don't see the struggles underneath. They don't see uh, the struggles you have with pornography. They don't see the struggles you have with infidelity, the struggles you have with money and greed and gossip, all those things. Why? Because they don't see that on a Sunday when you got it all together. You can't even hear from God in your prayer time and your Bible reading time because you don't even open that up to him. You're too busy talking in your prayers and telling him what you need, complaining that you don't have what you don't have. And whining about the same things over and over. You're still going back to the same passages in the Bible that make you feel good. Or you're on a Bible reading plan for the year and you're just checking off boxes. Woo, I'm getting through it so somebody will know how much I know. But guess what? You could read this whole Bible and not know anything. We're just spitting truth today. There's a whole lot of people that can read this thing front to back. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit to guide you, lead you on understanding, you're wasting your time. So I want to challenge you, what is your faithfulness to? Because if your faithfulness is to, even in ministry, I'm going to go out and I'm going to preach the gospel in the street corner. and I'm going to yell at people and tell them they're going to hell. What are you faithful to? Because that doesn't, in my word, that's not what God told us to do. It's not what Jesus demonstrated for us to do. So now we're faithful to a broken model that's been handed down to us. And we don't truly understand the why. I want to continue on. Bind them around your neck. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is a declaration. The first 10 commandments were written on a tablet. Now he's saying, I don't want this written in words. I want this written on your heart. I want this to be who you are. 
David messed up in his life, but he was declared by Jesus, a man after God's own heart. Even in his mess up moments, his heart was open and postured to hear the voice of God. This is the piece. Proverbs 3, verse 4. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. In the sight of God and man. See, we we chase this in our life. We want to be found favorable in the sight of God. And this is where a lot of people struggle because their time with him, they're constantly in a place where there is no favor. That's why they spend so much time in their Bible and their prayer in church, because they're trying to approve themselves to God. They're trying to find themselves validated and approved, favored. I want to be in the favor of God. It's titled this podcast episode. And every day we spend feeling unfavorable, disapproved. So we continue to go back in and spend as much time as we can with that broken mindset of who we are. But this with love and faithfulness around our neck. Why around our neck? Because the burden that we wear, right? So many of us want to carry our cross. We want to talk about the burden of Christianity. Oh, I I take up my Christ or my cross daily with Christ. Look at me, ho hum. I'm going to carry this down the road. You no, know, you don't need you to take my cross. I'll carry this burden. But what did he say to bind around your neck? Why around your neck? For people to see it. For people to see your burden. Here's your burden. Love, steadfast love, and faithfulness. What a burden is that to carry? My love is to be faithful to him and love you. Because if I'm faithful to him, I love him. And if I am if I love him and I'm faithful to him, then my commandment is to love you. To wear it around your neck. But more importantly, put it on your heart because you need to know the why. Too many people wear it around their neck and it's not written on their heart. So they're only doing it to be favored and approved by man. If you don't wear it around your neck and you only have it in your heart, you're only doing it to be approved by God. But then in that declaration, because it's around your neck, people can see it. Because in your heart and you're moving closer to God, what is the result of that? So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. There's so many Christians out here today that find no favor in the in the eyes of man, because we've alienated ourselves. We've made ourselves this angry, disapproving group of people that constantly look on people with eyes of shame, who constantly yell at people with malcontent, who want to tell them they're horrible people, you're never going to get right until you become like me. Instead of demonstrating their steadfast love and faithfulness. Letting it become the lifestyle, the consistency of who they are. There's another passage I want to read in the New Testament, Romans 14 and 18. Romans 14 and 18. It says, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So this is where, once again, we can get in these scriptures that what makes for peace. Okay, well, I, I just got to walk around and be peaceful with everybody, so I'm not going to challenge anybody. I'm not going to, I'm going to change the gospel. I'm going to preach a message, and if you're a part of our church here, you would know this. Uh, 
I am not one that will come in guns blazing and point out what you did is wrong. However, I'm not going to water down the gospel. If you come to me and we have a conversation, I'm going to tell you what I believe. And that's what I have to come back to. What I believe the word says, what is right and what's wrong. If we have a relationship of accountability and I see you slipping and doing something, if you're a member of this church and I see you slipping, then I need to come to you and challenge you. That's the same as me. I'm just uh, another member of part of this body. Just because I'm the pastor doesn't make me any less uh, approachable. Doesn't make me any less accountable to anybody who's a believer. So, but the power is in that relationship. So pursuing peace and mutual upbuilding. How do any of you know if you're standing across you and your child and you're talking about, let's say, upbuilding or growth, and I'm talking about it like an infant child, very small toddler, the upbuilding for you as an adult looks very different for the upbuilding of that child. You could do some things. That child could learn how to walk that day. And that is a huge step for them, a huge sign of upbuilding. As you as an adult, if you take a step today and you're wanting the same reward, guess what? That's pretty weak sauce. You're challenged to grow on your level. Too many Christians want to look at everybody else around us and say, you need to grow to my level. Instead of our life being an invitation for them to see something in us. What is it? Steadfast love and faithfulness. That's what we're called to wear around our neck. That's what we're called to have written in our heart. And what does that do if we're following Christ? That means we're wearing that around our neck. We have it on our heart because that's what Jesus came to do, to demonstrate that, to demonstrate the, the scriptures that's laid out before us. So then whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. Jesus didn't stand on any corners and yell at people and tell them, hey, you, you're going to hell. This is not to say that he was not against their lifestyles. It was not to say that he is validating the things they did. A lot of people want to use that, those passages say, oh, he went set with sinners. Yes, but you know what he never did? He didn't say it's okay to be a sinner. His lifestyle, his faithfulness, his heart in the midst of all of that, stood out as different. He didn't have to tell them how wrong he, how wrong they were because they saw how right he was. Think about that. How many people, going back to uh, last week's episode, had to sell themselves as Christians? Why? Because generally, if you got to sell yourself as a Christian, it's because if they looked at the whole of your life, they might not buy it. You never could like not buy Jesus for who he was because everything he did, every ounce of his being, every word he said came out of the same consistency, out of the same steadfast love and faithfulness. So then if we serve Christ, the call is to follow him. The call is to become more like him, why he did things. We don't have to stand there and tell people how wrong they are. They'll see the right in us. If you got to tell somebody you're a Christian, you may want to go back and spend some more time in the steadfast love and faithfulness and the positioning of your heart. Because it's in that place, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. 
So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. I want to challenge you in this season. We're walking into Christmas. We're walking into a time that we celebrate. I know uh, it's not really his birthday. It's not the day he was born on. That's another dissension within uh, Christians. Who cares? What if we begin to celebrate with our life 365 days a year for the birthday of Jesus? That's what we should be doing. If we're serving him, if we're pursuing peace and mutual upbuilding, which is what he came to do, then we're operating in the gift that was given to us. So let's be intentional for this next month as we approach Christmas. Let's become people persons. Let our actions for people, let our words for people not come out of our desire to be favored and approved by them. Let our time of prayer and Bible reading and checking the box of church not be in an attempt to get favor and approval from God. If I do this enough, if I do this more, he'll approve of me. No. I want this to be a season of our heart. God, I want to give you my heart. I want every moment I get to spend with you. It don't have to be four hours of Bible reading and and prayer just to check off a bigger blocks this month. I want every moment I spend with you to be intentional. I want to spend more time listening. I want to spend more time in allowing you to speak value in life over me. I want to hear your voice and the way you respond and react to me because it's in that place that I learned how to talk to people differently. And then when you walk into circumstances, you walk into situations, you walk into atmospheres with people when you're not seeking their favor and approval. You're just seeking after peace and mutual upbuilding. You'll begin to see little ways and ways you can help them grow. You'll be, you'll see ways that when you're growing, it opens the door for somebody to ask you your why. This is what it all boils down to. I challenge you, but I challenge you with love. I'm not just here talking about some lesson that I've arrived at, something that I've got figured out all on my own. I'm here to tell you that I'm still walking this out as well. Every day is a struggle. Why? Because we want what we want. We see what we see. We do what we've done. God bless you. I hope this has helped you. Let's all walk this out together. If we really want the world to change, it starts with us. Not with our words at somebody. It starts with our life being an invitation to something better. To walk, to grow, to love. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Let's go. 